Hello, listeners. This is Dr. Taylor Hartman with Very Best of Living. I'm with my good friend, Kat Larson. Hello, Kat. Hello, Taylor. Nice to hear your voice. You too. Life is good for you. Yeah, things are great. It's uh, hot. We're going paddleboarding this weekend. I'm excited. That's fun. Yeah, it is. It's my. It's one of the coolest places, really. Really, and just is that new for you or no? Well, we started last year when we moved up to Northern California because um, there's so many lakes around us, which is just yeah. easy access, 15 minutes away. In this, you know, we live in a pretty yeah. cool place. And then it helped that we found, well, we had two paddle boards and it was kind of a disaster, like the first three times because Paco, my husband, and I think I've talked about it enough. He's like 6'11 and, you know, yeah. you know 290 <laughs> Bigger pounds. Bigger than paddle board. Yeah. It, it, no, it's like, it was taco. It was a taco. He would stand on and it would just fold up. Um, but we found, we found one called the Megalodon and it's a giant paddle board. <laughs> Megalodon. The Megalodon. And it's a giant oh paddle board that gosh. holds him up. And he can stand up on it. And it changed our world oh because he was going for me because he's such a sweet man. And he was just like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. Mm-hmm. With, you know, sitting half submerged in a lake and- all day was not <laughs> fun for him. So we, uh, but oh we solved the goodness. problem. So now he loves it. <laughs> so wait a minute. So I want to talk about that for a minute. What I loved was that you moved. Mm-hmm. And with that, you had to change some of your activities yes. that embrace the environment. Yes. Instead of resenting, we can't do whatever we did before, you're like, okay, there's a lot of lakes here. Let's look for new ways to enjoy this new environment. Yes. And then it wasn't perfect. It wasn't easy. (laughs) But instead of giving up, you found other alternatives until it worked. Yes. And, you know, (laughs) yeah, we, this has been a a journey. Paco is this person. I really don't want to go, but I want to be with you. So I'll go. Right, right. Blue. (laughs) Which, which, which I had a hard time with until I finally got over it and said, okay, his choice. He doesn't really want to go, but he wants to be with me. Good choice, Paco, right? Good good for you. (laughs) I agree. I agree. Actually, Um, I do. So then we get up there and it's like him struggling to enjoy it. And I think we've probably even talked about this a little bit on some podcasts, but but he's struggling to enjoy things because, you know, when you're that size of a human, everything isn't easy like it is for regular no, sized people like no, us, right? No, you don't just jump on something and go. No. I'm telling no, you, you, literally anything. Yes, the only thing. Um, and, and so he had to struggle and he didn't want to go. And then it was like we, we problem solved. But I but think. The, but to that, uh, to that point, I want to say something. Yes. It's true that for him as a blue, being with you was more important than the struggle. I think you and I as a yellow would have said, no, no, I don't need to be with you. Right. I want to do something I enjoy. Yes. And so we almost say to people, you can't do that. That's not good. When for them, it truly is what they're about. Like they're about being with the person they love. Yes. Now, okay, so here comes the kicker. If that's truly who you are, but you're not a healthy person. So you want to be with someone because you love them, but you are not, you're negative, you're not happy, whatever, you're critical. You still want to be with somebody, but you're not someone they want to be with. What's interesting about that is people that are that person can't see that. All they see is they want to be with you. Why wouldn't you appreciate that? And so I hope our listeners are aware of the fact the reason it works for you and Paco is because Paco is not that kind of person. He is a kind, enjoyable like to be with kind of human being. And so I don't want blues to ever feel like it's not right 
for you to want to be with someone. That's not wrong. What's wrong is if you're not inviting of others who you want to be with, then you have to look at yourself and say, what is it about me that makes me not desirable? How do I fix that so they could want me to be with them? I'm so glad you kind of led with that concept because with Paco, he's such a good example of what is a good person that it would, would you'd want to be with someone like that. Mm-hmm. But there are others who just like him want to be with someone, but they don't bring sunshine when they're there. They're more critical, negative, unhappy. And that's when the person like you in this case would say, no, I'd rather you not be with me. Right. And of course, they are so offended by that. They can't even comprehend it. But I want to say to them, but you're not desirable. Like when you go, you're negative. Why would you think that? Well, it doesn't change the fact that I want to be with him. And that's why I got married. Well, that's fine. But you're not looking at you. You're not, you're not owning that you don't contribute to the relationship. That's it's so I get clients wow. all the time that they get stuck in. But what's wrong with wanting to be with somebody? I'm like, nothing is wrong with that ever. It's not my point. But you can't be the kind of person who's so distracting that when you're with them, they're like, oh, please go away. And then you get offended. Well, yeah. And, and, and that's really when the fun sucking starts, right? It's like, this is not fun because of you bring that element to this. And I have a, I do have a question around that. So one thing that I have been, sounds like I've been doing it wrong. (laughs) Shocker is (laughs) every day um, is that I want Paco to, I don't want to be the re the only reason he goes and does. I'm like, but you, but you are, I know. And I don't know why, but it's like, I want, I want him to have the same feeling of joy and excitement as I do. And I just don't, I just don't think that's going to (laughs) happen. Thank you. Next. (laughs) End of that's end of your therapy session. Yep. Right. Goodbye. Thank you. Give me the check. I'm out of here. You're you're fired. (laughs) No, no. But you know, what's funny about that cat. It's a good point. As yellows, I don't think we comprehend that. Like, honestly, the joy of being in the moment is so powerful for us and freedom. I'm sure I've shared this before on a podcast, this yellow friend client that was wanted to walk with her dog in the mountains. Mm-hmm. She just didn't want her husband with her. And he could not comprehend that. Like he was like, why would you not want to be with me? Well, he was so negative and slow and he create, created a negative environment when they went that she goes, Taylor, I can't say it to him because it would kill him, but I try and find opportunities when he can sound available so I can go and just feel free in the mountains. So I don't think yellows have the need to be with someone as much as they have a need to be in the moment and free. Mm-hmm. So it's not that I don't like that about blues. I actually love that about blues. They're wanting for connectedness mm-hmm. and with someone. And I, and yes, you're right. We as yellow would like them to have the same passion mm-hmm. or something that we have for, you know, whatever it might be. But I, I don't fault that at all. I think it's a wonderful trait, but just be the person, right. That makes you not a negative add on plus one. Be a person that, oh my gosh, of course I would like to have you you be there. The problem I have with sometimes blues, they are so needy and negative that the plus one is the negative one. It's not a plus one. So if you're blue, you got to really think about that. Am I, if I want to be with somebody, am I enhancing their experience or am I detracting from it? We've had that conversation in terms of what it might feel like to a blue. And maybe you can expand on this a little bit with in life, which is, you know, well, I'm here, aren't I? Well, yeah, you are here. 
Right. Now, what you bring to here, like what you just said, it's almost like the blues put more weight on the fact that they're showing up um, right. and not responsible for the, for the energy of that showing up, if that makes Correct. sense. No, it does. It does. Yeah. And that does not work for yellows, especially. No. Like, no. Yeah. no. The energy you bring is, is more critical than you being there or not being there. That's for yellow. Which That's hurts a blues feelings when you say that. Yeah. I'd rather but you not, not be here. If you can't be happy, then be right. here. That's a weird place, isn't it? No, because what they're saying is that should not be a criteria. That's why you want me there. Yes. And I'm like, well, it is. Whether you like it or not, it is. <laughs> and it's just, it's funny how it's hard for them to understand that element when they get offended for the very thing they're causing to be. Now, it's one thing if someone just doesn't want you around. That's, that's their problem. They're not very healthy. But if they, were, they, were, they would love you to be there, but just be an add-on, not a negative. That's that's where the blue takes offense, and they shouldn't. It's Boy, interesting. That's really clear. That's we got we got a letter from um uh, actually it was a client that uh, not a client but a person that was complaining about the color code. It was so fascinating. He was white and his wife was red. They've been a very successful marriage for for fourteen years, and her parents love the color code. And when he when she had a bad marriage, red married to red, she divorced. Now she was looking for another uh, spouse, mm -hmm. and he came along. And the parents did not want them to marry because he was white. And they were worried that he would be like a extreme of the other. Caught. He, mm -hmm. She went from one extreme to the other, right? And it was just interesting to me to see how bitter he was about personality profiles and what it almost cost him in a relationship. And, and I thought to myself, wouldn't it be healthier if he had said, I understood why they felt that. I got that made sense to me, actually. I'm not the kind of white they thought that I was. They missed the nuances mm -hmm. of the color code. But what they were worried about made sense, especially after she'd been with a very strong red. Was she just compensating by going to a very strong white? Mm -hmm. And and so I, I think you know, in life, it's so important for our, our listeners to think about how am I responding to life experiences and truth that I learn about myself? Am I doing it with bitterness? Am I resentful? Or am I appreciative of why it may appear the way it was? Am I more appreciative of where somebody came from in their perspective instead of being bitter? That's my, my big, I don't get why people want to carry bitterness with them. It limits them. It, does, it doesn't provide them an opportunity to just move forward, to let go. Uh, and so I was thinking about that with our, our, there's a quote that says, above all, don't fear difficult moments. The best comes from them by Anita uh, Levi. Mm -hmm. Monta Clial. The reason I loved that was I found that, you know, when I talked about the podcast last time about our trip to Peru. At midnight, when we're in the reeds and the motor gets stuck because it's caught up in reeds, we don't know this person at all. One of my granddaughters said, Oh my gosh, now the adventure begins. <laughs> and I was so mesmerized by that perspective. Instead of like, how's this going to be good? It was like, now the adventure begins. And I think that our listeners should think about their days like that way. Like, don't fear the unknown, for example. The un I mean, if you have fear and you don't trust the universe and you don't trust yourself and you don't trust other people, you live such a limited life. And I don't think you gain as much ground as you think you do you think you're protecting yourself, but I think you're actually hiding from the huge possibilities if you were to trust. 
What do you think about that? That is, you know, like you were just in a jungle, like that's the stuff that you have to like get your machete and start cutting down. Well, a hundred percent. Like literally, I, I think about the time we were in Africa and we we're crossing the Congo and the two countries were talking about how they stopped throwing dead bodies in the river because we can't navigate it. <sighs> and we had 14 different people manage us, handle us to get us across the river oh. between these two countries, 14. And I thought to myself, you got to trust. And then we had this incredible rich experience, which we would never have had if we were fearful, if we'd stayed back. And I think that's true of life. I think, for example, having children is a very fear-ridden kind of possibility for some people. Like, what would they be like? What will happen to us? Will we lose time? Will we lose opportunities? Will it cost too much? They have all these fear-driven kinds of fears that prevent them from embracing what we, you and I have experienced, which is the magic of having someone actually be 100% dependent on you mm-hmm. for a period of time mm-hmm. in their lives, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I, I do think fear drives poor decisions. I have a brother-in-law whose birthday was yesterday. It's Lyle Rasmussen. He's just a remarkable human being. And my picture of him has always been he is the last to eat, always. Every time we've done any kind of dinner, connection, family, whatever, he always gives everyone passage first because he has no fear. He doesn't live in that sense of, I need it for me. I I had it taken care of me. He always is, I want you to be comfortable. I want you to get your food. And he's, I'll be fine one way or the other. It doesn't matter. I think about him versus people who always have to be first in line. It's always about them. That, That kind of fear of, I don't get enough. I think about serial killers or the other extreme of that also, where they need attention so desperately. They need something to feel important. Yes. Even at the expense of taking lives, they'll do that. So I've always thought about that in terms of mental health, that we really understood the picture of evil and selfishness and fear on one end versus love and light and healing and trust. It's so different. And it's true, by the way. We all come different. There are some that come fear-based. Yes. And there are some who come loving. You know, you talk about the second child. Is the first child going to get jealous? Or, and that's often the case, right? But mm-hmm. there are many examples when that's not at all. They're the most nurturing, most helpful. They love having another companion. So what are you like or not like? And you've asked the question before, Kat, with self-esteem, mm-hmm. like self-worth. Mm-hmm. Where does it come from Mm -hmm. if you don't get raised with it? Like if you're not told, right? And and there's another extreme of that too, you know, which is now everybody gets a trophy because they show up. Right. And what does that do to self-esteem when you realize, well, that's not special. I didn't do anything to earn it. So I I don't don't trust you. I don't really believe it because now it's like everyone gets it, right? So there's extremes there. But I think we have to think about this. Self-worth comes from not worrying about what other people say. Good or bad, they don't define you. Everything I comment on you about comes from my experience. So if you give me too much weight where I can actually control you with my comments, Mm -hmm. good or bad, right? Mm -hmm. You're you're ignoring the fact that I'm biased by my own experience. So it may be giving you false like reading on things. If that determines then your own worth, the minute I change that, so does your worth. But if within yourself, you can say, this I know is true of me, 
Like, for example, your thing about showing up, which you've really done remarkable with, phenomenal, honestly. I wish people could appreciate what that does to your self-worth. Yes. Right? Yes. But you you did it. No one else did it. You did it. But you also can give yourself credit for that, not needing necessarily someone else to validate it, but just, you know, I know the difference. So if someone were to say to you, see, there you are again, like one more time, the yellow doesn't come out to come through. If you gave them that kind of power, that could destroy what you know you've actually done in your life. So that's where I start with self-esteem. It should not be what your parents or your siblings or whatever dictate is good or bad about you. It should come more from within. I value this and I do it. I value this and I show up with it. I don't value this, so I don't do it. Whatever those principles are that you use in your life to dictate what is right or wrong, that's what I would wish people were work more towards. You know, in, in um, Edge 4, the, the tool that we use with, that's uh, color code based, that we right. use with athletes and coaches, is the fact that, that so many times the concept of self-worth is around the definition of I've built my self-worth from, like, say you started playing sports in sixth grade, mm -hmm. right? My worth yep. came from this. Yeah. So by the time yeah. you're in college or you step out of college and, and you don't have a career beyond, which is a very small percentage of people that do have a career in athletics after college, Fair um, enough. some after even high school, I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's done after yeah. that, is that that self-worth was built just on that. So the identity of you and I think it's funny. It's like even empty nester, my identity, if I, my self-worth came with, yes. I was a good mom. I made lunches every yes. day. My self-worth yep. as, you know, I don't know. I just think it's, it's, it's a really, really fluid place of, it's not set. It's like, I see, I have to build it a lot of different places in my life. Self-worth as, right. as a mom, self-worth as a and, wife. And, and ongoing. Ongoing. Yeah. I mean, just like when you moved to Northern California, yeah. you adjusted your activities. Yeah. Same is true with self-worth, right? If you're stuck on being a good mom, well, good, good luck. That's going to go away, right? Yeah. You were. There's no question. That will always be. You will always be. But like you say, that's like being great at football. Right. Like, great. Okay, that's great, right? But what else is there? So you've actually landed things in different aspects of your life. I think you have you, to, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and But those are also your credible. See, what worries me is here again, those, let's talk about your athletes, for example. Those that are given the gift of the talent of sports, mm -hmm. right? There's no question that's a wonderful positive in their life. Mm -hmm. But again, it can become a negative mm -hmm. if that then defines you. And that's all that defines you. Not you as a human being, not you as a scholar, not you as a friend. Mm -hmm. And then once the athletic career goes, right, or you're no longer interesting, can you imagine what you do to crave to get that back? Because that's all you have ever had to define you. So that's why I love what you said. No, I have little pods that I'm planting all the time as a wife, as a friend, as a mother, always. And as you realize, they change. Like when our kids move on, don't take away the magic of what you were. But the reality is you've got to do other things to keep building that kind of framework. Yeah. I mean, worse. my kids, it's so funny, especially my, my son, who you talked to on this podcast, uh, Cade. It's so funny. He uses silence so effectively with me. So when I get into that, like, sometimes you go back and it's like, I'm searching yes. for, you know, validate me 
as a good right. mom at, from a right. 24-year-old is not a pleasant experience. <laughs> and he uses silence. It's like, it's like, uh, okay, I get it. I'm doing that thing, aren't I, Cade? Yep. <laughs> He's so kind. He oh. won't say something. He just is quiet. <laughs> He's quiet. And he doesn't hang up the phone without, you know, I mean, I just, I get it now because I, I, I mean, and, and really it's a tell for him. So learning people's tells is a really great place for people. It's like, what am I doing? What am like, I read doing? Read the room. Yeah. Right? Read the dang room for sure. <laughs> well, well, all, well, also though, I, I think it's really a nice thought to have for our listeners. Where am I planting self-worth? Mm-hmm. And what am I planting it in? There's so many aspects of life that you can develop self-worth. For example, people that listen listen well. Mm-hmm. What a great gift to say, I am a good listener. I really do hear what people are saying. You know, or I am a good leader. I can find ways to make a group of people interact in a way that they can do well. I mean, there's so many different ways to develop your self-esteem and self-worth throughout your life. I am not suggesting that when you're tender and you're beginning your life, it isn't impactful to have a parent who always reminds you that you're inadequate. You don't measure up. You're not good enough. I don't want to suggest that doesn't exist. I know it exists. I've said before that woman who took the color code at 32 and said to me, I know now who I am because I'm with somebody who could see me differently than I ever was seen as a child. So I know it's very hard when you are manipulated and treated, mistreated. At a very young age, but still it's your job. Your life is your job to build that sense of value. So I think people, our listeners should consider what are the principles I base my self-worth on? Like, do I really see myself accurately through those principles or have I got skewed principles? Like I'm only, my only self-worth comes in my athletic prowess Mm -hmm. or for young women, my beauty. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, there, if there's things that you've hooked on to that I'm not saying you weren't granted a gift, you may have been very well granted a gift, but it may be used against you if you only tie to that, mm-hmm. to the more elements of life that are more important. That makes so much sense. It's true, but it's hard. I mean, I get it. I, I think it's kind of ironic, like people that are given a certain kind of gift, beauty, money, sports, whatever it might be. It's weird to me that almost something they have to overcome Mm -hmm. along the way, or they can't really appreciate the gifts they were given. It becomes a a deterrent to good self-esteem. When you talked about the concepts of, I was talking to one of my friends the other day, and and she's kind of on on this journey and just had a rough time, marriage ending, a couple other things happening. And we were talking about trying to do stuff in a bubble, like, Mm -hmm. you know, because I would say something to her, she's like, yeah, um. I'm working on that, or I'm working on that inside, 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 which I think is important work, right? You know, like yeah, we all work on right. stuff inside. But right. what's, what's your view on, as you're talking about all these things, isn't it almost critical to have somebody in your life that you talk about things with to make sure that you are on point? Yes. I'm glad you asked that. I don't feel people realize how delusional we can become. Like we live and sleep with ourselves. So we tend to agree to things that probably aren't in our best interest. Mm -hmm. And unless you can hear yourself talk out loud Mm -hmm. or get feedback from somebody else that you respect and trust, I I think you can be misaligned. Mm -hmm. I do. I honestly agree with that. It's so important to have people you can trust and speak to that will just say, what about this? Well, have you thought of of that? Or it'll give you perspective. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? 
That's what I really agree with. It's sad when people don't feel like they have that. And I think good friends, good therapists, good parents, good children that are healthy can give you a great kind of sense of truth. Yeah. I mean, we were, we, I really think that when whoever did it, however it got started, I don't know how it got started. I don't know enough about that. What was that? The the fact that, that strength means you do it alone. You know, oh, that, gotcha. That, yeah. That, that, there's, there's, I think it's kind of a myth. It's one of these myths that if I yes. have to ask for help, you know, all that vulnerability yes. and yes. and what we're coming to know about what real strength is and, and how beautiful it is when you do emotionally expose yourself to to others. It's still not easy, though, in our world. And I don't know. Maybe that, maybe, I don't know how it got started. But I don't think, I don't know if it matters how it got started, but where that came from, that to look uncertain in something is a weakness. Yes, yes. And to reveal it on top of that. Is yes. But you're right. People that are healthy, that's not the case for them. They see it as an opportunity to blend and connect mm-hmm. with, as opposed to being exposed as weak mm-hmm. and inadequate. Yeah. Well, I think, unfortunately, a lot of people live their whole life in a vacuum. And they're rather delusional, to be honest with you. They're not really living life more legitimately like they could be if they trusted enough to connect. And let themselves be exposed. Trusted themselves enough. Yes. Because at the, at the end of the day, Kat, the thing that really gets to me the most is people have to understand. Because they'll say to me, how can I trust so-and-so ever again? How can I trust this ever again? I'm like, it's not about trusting them. It's about trusting you. Yeah. Like once you're solid with you, it gives you a lot more power in your life. <sighs> That's the essence of, in my mind, good self-worth. I trust myself to make good choices and do good things and do right by other people. I trust myself. That builds kind of a, a, a firmness and a solidarity. And by the way, healthiest people I know are very, more than willing to understand they may be very centered in certain aspects of their life, but not others. And it's in those others they reach out. Say, I just like your opinion about this, what you think. And it's always interesting. The ones that ask that are the most humble. Well, well, it's time to quit. Yes. But it's been great. Um, thank you guys so much for being with us again on this journey. We appreciate you very much. Kat, always a pleasure. You know that. I always get whiny um, when we have to quit. So fine. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You whine. You don't whine well. I don't. You know that. I don't. No, I whine very uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys all. We'll be with you next week. Thanks for listening. Love you all. all right. Bye bye. Hey, Color Code family, it's Kathy Larson. I want you to take down a number. I want you to put this in your contact list under the people code. The number is 385-526-2350. Again, 385-526-2350. Text the word VIP to that number and you'll get back from us a request for your name and your email. That way we'll be in touch with you on anything that's happening at the People Code, any offerings, exciting things that are coming up. And you can let us know what your needs are by texting us at that number. Look forward to staying connected even more. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.